Hello and welcome to In The Back Pocket. Georgie Parker, I am back after a couple of weeks and, well, the bet with Mates Kitty is gone, so nothing really much has changed, but I'm joined Whack. by Nathan Brown and Brendan Goddard. No, yeah. New shirt. Another one, yes. Yeah. I've got a couple more at my sleeve as well. Oh, oh lucky you, You've been right. shopping, have you? <laughs> been shopping, thanks, sports bet. Well, you yeah. haven't been shopping because... Everything you do seems to be coming at a discounted rate or for free. You've just been in the snow, my friend. I have been, George, and, <laughs> and um, this is George's ski hire up at Buller, and if you're going to go there, uh, you have to go and see Rob <laughs> in a George's ski hire. He does a great job. Yeah, I might have got a small discount, but he's a Richmond just, supporter. Just he of, loves the Tigers. Just out of curiosity, yeah. how, does this, how do they come about? What do you mean? Well, did, did, did you hit them up for a collaboration? Is that the term you no, used no, for that's Instagram? No, no, that's not it at all. And did you say, do you want me to help you out? And in return, it's an eye for an eye? Like, did, or did he float the idea? Happy to help out. Businesses have been hit hard up there the last couple of years, as most businesses have so in COVID. So you don't COVID, give but, your money and support them? Well, he offered a discount. He said, just he chuck, offered chuck, it? A, chuck a post. He offered. So yeah. uh, it would have been rude to say no. Was there a phone call made just prior to arriving or booking the trip to make sure that, <laughs> that Rob was around? Well, I asked his wife, uh, Oni, if Rob... Uh, Rob was around, <laughs> and she said yes, and I said, I'd like to you, be served um, by Rob, days, please. What days does he work? <laughs> you are, I'll be there. You are he was on his lunch break at that time. I said, Rob, <laughs> you need to get back. You are struggling for cash a little bit at the moment, aren't you? No, no, sorry, I do anymore. understand oh, that. Crypto. Oh, crypto. Yeah, it's just a hold at the moment. It's just a hold. Well, like I said at the top, bet with Mates Kitty, it's gone $1.20. This man can't seem to find one. But what he can do is find you big price winners, not in footy, <laughs> but in the golf. So why go. don't we go somewhere where you obviously this know what's going on. Tell us some tips for the golf. Which is extremely harder than just backing a $1.20 winner. So a couple of my tips this week, uh, Rory McIlroy and Xander Schauffele, a man that's arguably the informed golfer in the world at the minute, so you can't uh, we need to respect him. So, uh, great. It was a great week of golf. I know you two aren't big golf fans, but being uh, the Open, the Open mm. Championship, back at St Andrews, 150th anniversary of the tournament. So it's a, it's a very big week and perfect timing. It's arguably the best tournament for players, all that kind of thing. But as a viewer, you get to you sit on the couch. Four or five o'clock in the afternoon, you can watch it all the way to your heart's desire. It's not you're up at two o'clock having you. Does your wife say, uh, Brendan, is there any danger you could do something with the kids while the golf is uh, on? There's a bit of that going on. <laughs> but you can always have the golf on the background, and I yeah. do enjoy the fact that the girls are just starting to sit down with dad and watch the golf and the footy, mind you, but they're just getting into it a little any, bit. So perfect time. Well, let's hope you get a winner. Because very exciting week. Any, You've um, been pulled. Any, any tips for the Australians? How are they going to go? Uh, the Australians. Uh, there's no Australian that's really jumping out in terms of being in any form. Cam Smith's had a great year, but he's one that jumps to mind potentially as the best uh, or top Aussie. Uh, and there's a uh, Lucas Herbert is another one at good odds, a top Aussie. Mark Leishman hasn't been in great form, so I don't think uh, he's any chance, or Adam Scott. So there's no one jumping out to say, I'm a chance to win it. Cameron Smith, probably the one because he's based on his year, but yeah, there's no one really jumping out. George? The kiss of death at the paper's been there for a long time, and maybe it's got a face. Now Now maybe <laughs> Brendan can take the kiss of death. Instead of having a, a blacked out face there in the, in the newspaper, maybe Brendan's uh, face can go there. Uh, I can't well, argue with that. Well, where we get a lot of green ticks from, our man Nathan Brown, take us through the value hunters. A lot of value hunters this week, so we're going to start off with a 20-plus disposal market and let's find some value because Isaac Smith does that every week. His record above 20 disposals is outrageous all the way down to Jai Caldwell, who's been doing a little bit of uh, 
uh, tagging himself, and, and the Crows are pretty poor last week, but uh, Sam Menegola has had a pretty good comeback to his career as well. Then you start to get up, and Tim English thought he let himself down last week. I took him for 20 disposals. That ended a run, I think, of eight games in a row of 20-plus disposals. Tom Atkins playing more time in the midfield, but as you know, I made my name in the 25-plus disposal market. Matty Crouch, uh, he, he gets 25 every week he plays, every, every game. Every game this year he's had it. McCluggage's last four weeks have been outstanding. And I think Luke Davies Uniac um, for 25 plus and 30 plus last week. Um, he was really good, but this week, no Ruckman for Richmond. Todd Goldstein, you'd think he's going to get a lot of free ball into the middle of the ground. And I'm pretty keen on Andrew Brayshaw, Angus Brayshaw again, just continues to get the job done. Um, and Daniel Rioli at halfback. But the big one, I think the big fill up this week is Bradley Hill from halfback with the Saints, Sinclair Ooh, and price. Bradley Hill. Um, so they're the ones for 25 plus. Two plus goals, the market. Jesse Hogan is doing it regularly at the moment. He's in nice form. He's not far off a big bag either. Isaac Rankin against the Bombers. Didn't play last week. Think he's got a really good... I don't think they've got a match-up for him. Stengel's been really... But the one we keep backing, and we keep getting good prices for Isaac Heaney. Now, Isaac Heaney, $1.92. They play Fremantle, very good defensively, but I'm pretty keen on Isaac Heaney to kick a couple again. Well, value hunting there. And I want to talk about Bradley Hill because Western Bulldogs... Do you know what a value hunter is? You, Nathan Brown. Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah. That's the face right there. <laughs> I'm the kiss of death, you're the value hunter. You're such an idiot. Western Bulldogs and St Kilda, and I'm really bullish on St Kilda in this one. I think that they are the outsiders, but I think that they've got a fair chance against Western Bulldogs. And talk to us through this game. You're a St Kilda man. I am. Uh, I think it's a bit of a flip of the coin, to be honest. Um, looking at either team, where is there an advantage? Both teams haven't been... Or St Kilda's probably got the form as such, if you're looking just yeah. between the two teams. The Bulldogs copped a couple of hidings in the last and have been really disappointing, to be honest. So I think it's still a flip of the coin. And we're getting to the pointy end of the season, as we know, but teams start to get desperate. I thought there'd be a response from the Bulldogs a couple of weeks ago against Sydney. There wasn't. Um, uh, same with St Kilda two, two, three weeks ago. So it's a bit of a flip of the coin. But for mine, uh, we've got a number of guys, potentially, because we know at either end now, particularly... Uh, I think a trend for the Bulldogs has been the inability to stop scoring and in particular their tall defenders and their team defence have really struggled with. So there's a bit of a fill up, potential fill up with the forward line for the opposition this week against the Bulldogs which is in Kilda and as we see here a number, long of, list, isn't it? a number of guys continue just to get on top of them. We've highlighted this I think yeah. most weeks against the Bulldogs and as we see later in the season around 15, 16, 17s, Mitch Lewis, Charlie Cameron being a small but predominantly playing out of the you know deep forward. Yeah. Isaac Heaney last week, there's a number of guys that could have got on the scoreboard. So There's multiple players who can kick goals at the Saints if they get enough ball inside forward 50. So it, it's simple. You beat Bulldogs in the clearances, you're going to win the game of football because they're, they're ranked number three for not allowing inside 50 entries. So that, that is brilliant. So for the Bulldogs, it's great. If, if, you, if you're limiting your opposition and you're number three in that area, that's great. But the ones that actually do go in there, and there's not many of them, they rank 15th. Only Essendon, North Melbourne and West Coast. Yeah, so efficiency then going yeah, forward. Yeah. yeah, as soon as it goes in there, it's, they score. So, I mean, Brett Ratton to me just says, we have to win the clearances. We have to win the stoppages. If we do that this week, we win the game of football. Well, Western Bulldogs do have a really good midfield there. How are they going to stop some of those guys who can do some really big damage? Well... We saw last week uh, bigger bodies can go in there and do the job against them. Uh, Papley went in there, who's not, not a huge man, but he's a bigger body player. Heaney went through there. Um, Parker was in there. They absolutely bullied them, to, to use the term of the Bulldogs. But um, if they can do that, if they can somehow get Jack Steele on the end of it, um, uh, rolling through there, I, I just can't see how the Bulldogs kick a winning score 
against them if they win the clearances. I, I, I just don't think last week was... Sydney did bully them. It was like it's embarrassing in terms it's of like, them. Even. Yeah, particularly out of centre square bounce. So they won't allow that to happen, will they? I don't think that can't happen two weeks in a row. Good teams don't allow that. They reviewed last week. Just said we got belted around stoppages, in particular centre square bounce in that first quarter. Sydney against Geelong about four weeks ago yeah, as well. So, so it won't happen two weeks in a row. So it might happen occasionally, but a good team like Bulldogs that do have a lot of good players in there. It won't happen a second time, but I tend to agree with you. But St Kilda's focus should be on the midfield because that's where the strength of the Bulldogs is, that when they do win, their midfield play well and they dominate. And what they need to do is bring the ball to ground because they've got great half-back flankers. Obviously, Jack Sinclair, I think, should be All-Australian this year. But for me, Bradley Hill, yeah. what a player he has been this year, particularly at Marvel. When the game is quick and the game is flat, he is really good. So expect Bradley Hill to be having 20-plus disposals. His last month Five. has been really good. So this is Bradley Hill at Marvel Stadium, particularly since round 11. So 33, 26, 27 and 28. To do that again at 25-plus, it's a big price, isn't it, when when you look at that. Um, and I don't think they'll put any time into him. I don't think they'll put any time into Jack Sinclair. They wax a fair bit, those two. So for me, Bradley Hill's a Bet. That price is good price for them. Adelaide and Collingwood next. And Collingwood pushing for finals. This is a chance that they could really get that win. But it is at Adelaide Oval. And obviously that 19th man that Adelaide talk about really does come into effect there. Yeah, well, they needed that last week at Marvel Stadium. I thought that was their worst performance of the year last week. Oh, they they, they terrible, lost by they? more, Adelaide. But they, they were... For, it was like witches' hats. Two and a half, three quarters. Yeah, it was, it was terrible. terrible. But Collingwood are getting job done at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, they had their scare last week, and it's a, it's a small danger game. But I expect Craig McRae to straighten them up. Yeah. I still worry with Collingwood when you get into finals, who's going to kick their winning 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 scores against Geelong, yeah. against Melbourne, against Fremantle. Really so, good yeah, against defense. the really yeah. good side. So um, they, they need to fill up here. I think Collingwood win. But the one that escapes me every time is why Matty Crouch doesn't play. So twenty five plus disposals. He does it every yeah. week. Have a look at this. This is every week this year. I'm not sure what they... Obviously, they don't like what he's doing with the football, but maybe with they need... Without the football, maybe, there's a discussion. Well, is it, is it what he's doing with it, or yeah. is it what he's doing when he doesn't have the football? Correct. So it could be both, but... From a punting Adelaide point of view... It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter from a punting point, point of view. view. So if he plays... He gets 25. And you compare that to a Benny Keys who's getting 25 every week, that's $1.32. So yeah. that's where you're getting yeah. your... You take Matty Crouch. Exactly. Now let's talk about some of the Collingwood players that can kick those goals. Like you said, you, you don't see where they're going to be scoring them in big matches, but against this lesser side, anyone... Yeah, and I, think, I think, again, another area, uh, another team that struggled is the, the defence of Adelaide. It's, it's quite young too, so when you look at their tools and smalls, so... Um, Cameron's done a great job of recent uh, times, last month, six weeks for Collingwood. My check, who we've highlighted a number of times in the show, but I think we need to focus a little bit on the smalls with Jamie Elliott, which you highlighted in your tour, plus more goals in the form. I think he's kicked... Uh, a combination of about seven goals in the last three weeks and uh, four weeks. Sorry, he's good when he's on the Yeah, one on game track, he's had zero. It? He's due. But he, 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 in that game, I remember it, he had three or four shots on goal, so it could have easily been a couple. But he, uh, he for mine this week, uh, potentially two-plus minimum, but could could even look at maybe three-plus goals. How about the other end? Uh, Darcy Fogarty for me. Um, Tex had an ordinary game last week, kicked one early, but I thought he had to do so much work. So Darcy Fogarty played in behind Tex. Tex did a power work up at centre-half forward, took the hit-outs, and that allowed Darcy Fogarty. Didn't get a lot of it last week, but still kicked two. So, look, he's $2.08 for two-plus goals, and he's done it 
five times out of the last six weeks. So Darcy Fogarty, you know when he does get the ball, uh, he's going to kick a goal. So I thought this guy was out. I thought he was on the scrap heap six weeks ago. Put a line through him? I'd put a line through him as a footballer, um, and he surprised me. As a complete me. footballer, done. Well, I just didn't think he'd last... Um, past next year, I would have thought that Adelaide would have thought, well, we've given this guy an opportunity. He hasn't taken it. We're down the bottom end of the ladder. What can we do? All of a sudden, his last six weeks have been really good and he's turning into a footballer. You can see him working hard and he's just starting to get it. So hopefully he continues to go with it, but I think he can kick two goals. I like it. At GWS and Brisbane, well, Brisbane, health and safety protocols, injuries, all the sorts. So they lost the unlosable game last weekend. They brought me down a number of times. Yeah. (laughs) That's it. They should (laughs) respond, but it depends on... Depends on their personnel as well. uh, Nine players out last week in Essendon. They should have won that game with the amount of... Laid out too. With the amount of players. So... (laughs) <laughs> remember, remember last time these two played, and it was eight goals to six at quarter time. Yeah. So it was already 93 points at quarter time. The total points in this game, I'm expecting it to be lower because clearly the Giants have changed or Mark McVeigh's been told you need to defend more yep. if you want this senior coaching job. So 29 points they kicked last week. That's so a, they're focused on defence. The week before it was in the wet, but the week before that it was against Collingwood for three quarters and they only scored five goals, I think, in the first three quarters. So it's been a trend, and the trend is your friend. The last three weeks, they've been more defensive. Yep. They haven't been scoring. So I think this is going to be low scoring. The total points is set high at the moment, so in the 170s. So I'm expecting it to be lower. Hugh McCluggage, you like him, don't you? He's been a man that's been in great form in terms of just finding the footy. So here we see his last four weeks. uh, His disposals are through the roof, hitting the scoreboard. He does have the jitters in front of goal. So if you're looking for any time to goal scorer, don't go near Hugh McCluggage. He gets the jitters. He gets the jitters. (laughs) But in terms of finding the footy, I don't think there's any man that's in greater form at Brisbane at the minute. Lockie Neal's had a couple of quiet weeks. Jai Caldwell went to him last week. So this is where I think the time and effort going into Neal and then human Kogich kind of slides under the radar, spending more time on the ball as opposed to uh, as a wingman that he has in the past. Not yeah. sure Jesse Hogan's got a matchup. When you look through Brisbane's defenders, He's if Harris good. Andrews comes back, he Harris Andrews is more a, a stay at home where Hogan is a is a mover. He gets up high, he comes back. I don't think Marcus Adams has got the tank to go with him. So I'm just thinking there might be some holes that Jesse Hogan can pop up in and, and really work hard. That, Taking pressure off Toby as well, isn't he? Two plus he? goals for me for, uh, for, for Jesse. Yeah, and he was on the Value Hunter screen as well. We've got more Saturday and the Sunday games coming up just on the other side of this. There's value out there if you find it. We're a neighbour name. Here's the 25 plus disposal market. And then more 25 plus disposals. More? And then, Another um, page. It, it's massive. <laughs> it's massive everywhere. So two plus goals. I'm going to say probably Clayton Oliver. He's more of a, a, a certainty to play well. Patrick Dangerfield, he got some juice into his legs last week. Jack Viney continues to accumulate 25 plus disposals. Looking for three plus, $3.75. You'd have to think the only player who can do it is Aaron Norton. I think so, the best bet in this game is Nick Blakey, 20 plus. Uniaki, uh, a guy on the rise. Marbia Chol, really good player. For me, multi-anchor, 25 plus. Look at that 25 plus disposal line there. He's in form, so look for him for a two. There's a resurgence of Stephen Canelio and him finding form and getting back to his best. He will respond this week, oh, and I've got him in for a minimum of three goals. George Hewitt continues to be a contested ball through the middle and one of the leading clearance players. Oh, happy with it. 
Feel like, like Dan got a lot of green ticks. Well, he did, but it's because he, the way he <laughs> intros the players, I just ask you for your opinions yeah. rather than saying, George so, yeah, Hewitt gets deflection. 25 disposals. Yeah. Good deflection. I, 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 you thought I'm he took kidding. the easy way, I did. Absolutely. Yeah. He's like you. I'll just say every player under the sun and somebody's going to give me a green <laughs> tick. I'll get more green ticks. You're throwing up the dark ball, BJ. The more contests you get to, Brownie. North Melbourne and Richmond. Well... Richmond, that was one of the best games of footy, well, the last quarter of footy, Richmond. Not for Gold Richmond. Coast. No, but for me as a Gold Coast inaugural member, very, very happy with oh, it. Right. <laughs> An inaugural member of the Gold Coast Since yeah, when? Since 2011, I was a member of the club. Right. There you go. Right. So uh, I am uh, a... Wait, 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 wait. Are you still a member? Oh, no, no, no. Uh, no, no, no. Once yeah, the family member departed the club, I departed with him. But... What would Sean Wren think of that? <laughs> I miss him. I hope he's well. Uh, but let's go to this game. Richmond and North Melbourne. Well, Richmond will be responding, you'd think, wouldn't they? You're all about a response from a team. But after that performance, can you imagine got- the spray that they mm, would have got and out. should have yeah. got? No Ruckman. No Ruckman and a couple of injuries. But there's probably not a spray. There's There'll be a lot of disappointed people, yes, uh, and none so more than Danny. Imagine the change rooms after that loss. Yeah, that's frightening. But they've got a history of that. Yeah. Like it's not surprising. Oh, it's been talk- Jason Castagna. Yeah, correct. <laughs> it's, it comes back to. to they should have won that game. By they, should, they should have. But uh, the queue in the rack style, rolling over, thinking yeah. the game's done. There's a bit of a history of that with this in particular. I would want it to be Nick Vluston. He cost so, them dearly, being reported the way he was and out of the side. So Nick Vluston plays. They don't lose that game. Well, there was multiple ways they could have changed that. No 50 metre penalty, kicking goals when you needed to, like Georgie well, if, Boyd. If but Butson maybe. Yeah. But yeah. the reality is they lost and they shouldn't yeah. have. They but did. what is? It's it's a bit of a like a, a, a nervous game this week for Richmond. One, they need to respond because after last week, but North Melbourne, we've seen teams sack their coach and there's a spike in performance. There's almost the shackles are off, players are on notice, you know, they feel like they're walking around on eggshells a little yep. bit because their future's uncertain, mm. regardless of who you are. Uh, you know, as big as your contract is, as long as it is, everyone feels vulnerable when they're in a position at the footy club. So expect a, a spike in performance from North Melbourne, so there should be, mm-hmm. but... You know, there's, there's a response from Richmond. I think they're mature enough and experienced enough and well coached that they won't let this one slide. The well, halfback flank line is going I was about to get myself some green ticks asking about <laughs> Daniel Rioli, but you interrupt. Just, yeah, just, just work the, to me, BJ, okay? <laughs> so, Daniel Rioli, he has to be close to being All-Australian. So he's had a wonderful three weeks and he's been around the 20 to 22, 23 disposal market, but he has really increased in the last three weeks. 27, 28, 31, as you can see. I think he's a pretty good bet. I'm going to take him 20 plus and 25 plus. I like it. Green tick, green tick. Carlton and Geelong, I'm really looking forward to this game because you feel as though this is one of the most important games Carlton's played in a while. They're in touch with the top four. Geelong are an informed side. They're playing at the MCG, which means it's in their hands now. But take us inside the coach's box. You've got a good coach brain. How's going on? That's a good intro because it, it should be, and, and it's a gauge of where they're at. So, what you don't you don't agree with that? No, coach's yeah, brain. I do. You got a good coach brain. I like <laughs> he it. He does so, have a good coach does. brain. So, coaching brain. It's important. It's important for them because. Yes, it keeps you in touch if they win, but it's just a gauge, arguably against the best. Well, I don't think there's an argument right at the minute. Geelong are the best team in the competition. They're in form. Uh, so, and Carlton's been a little bit flaky over the last month, just inconsistent. So, um, it is important for them. So, where I want to start is what stands out to mind is the two forward lines for both teams. Carlton and Geelong, which arguably got the best two tall forwards in the competition. There'd be a good argument who, which team's better. Carlton, I think, future, obviously, because of their age, but... Geelong is set up from their tools, in particular Hawkins and Cameron. And Cameron's now ability to get up the ground. He's playing a little bit more as a midfielder. How, back 50. Yeah, how do, how do they deal with that? 
So who, who, who is it that goes to him? Do they let him get the ball in the back half because he's less dangerous to have that mentality. So I'm interested to see how they deal with it. But reality is, I've talked about this before against good forward lines, is cut it off at the source. And that becomes down to a stoppage contested game through the midfield. Like they did against Fremantle. Correct. So, uh, and this is Carlton's strength, is their midfielders and their ability to win the stoppages, get get the ball in the forward half, play the forward half game. So if you want to restrict the influence of Hawkins and Cameron as forwards, and now you can throw in the small forwards at Geelong because they've got great balance there. That Stengel, now Rowan's back. That they really are, you know, coming together at the right time. So restrict the restrict it at the source. Win the stoppage game, clearance game. So De Conning's then ability in the ruck uh, to compete against Stanley and Blitzarves. Um, and the other thing for me uh, and the man of uh, probably the month when Stewart's been out is Mitch Duncan's ability to go back to a half-back line. They knew that that was a void they needed to fill after Stewart. Now he's the distributor. Give it to, give it to Duncan. You know, 90% of the times he makes great decisions, and I don't uh, use that term lightly. So I reckon they need to put some time and effort into Duncan and restricting that, then force Henry, and then force De Koning to kick the ball in the back half and try and get out of it. Uh, and I think the next thing is Geelong's defence never gets pulled apart. It's always happy to stay a kick away from the ball. They let their half forwards, the opposition half forwards, get right up the ground in the mess, and they'll hold their six, six backs. Uh, and Carlton need to make them accountable. So doing that is to hold their six forwards. Don't get sucked up the ground, but make them defend. If the ball hits the ground, then make them defend on the ground because I don't think they're that strong on ground level. They've got Buse, a couple other guys, but then when you throw Duncan in there, make him accountable, make him defend. And then the next thing that ties in with that is their ball use. When they do win it from stoppages in general play, you have to use the ball well against Geelong because they play more of a, a zoning defence and, as I said, they hold their back six. Kick of the numbers. Yeah, kick of the numbers, intercept mark game, Geelong playing off they go from there. But it's uh, intriguing. I, I think this is by, uh, by far the match of the round. But yep. uh, it's a good test for Carlton to see where they're at. At, at times, Sam Walsh has been starting half forward then going up into the stoppages. So uh, even as good as he is... I think Geelong are happy with that. Now, yeah. I think Geelong are happy letting go. Sam Walsh could have 40, 45 disposals, and they'll allow him to do that because they'll have the numbers behind. So Michael Voss has got to be aware of that. So if he's, if they're bombing it in all the time and Geelong are just cutting it off, he's got to have a look at it and go, OK, we've got Sam Walsh going up. He's a great player. He's getting a lot of football, but he's no good for us doing that. Yeah. We need to put someone else well, there. Experiences, but it's not reflecting yeah, on the scoreboard. Maybe start him in the middle and have another player do that as a defensive role. I completely agree with you on Duncan. And I'd imagine that Michael Voss will put some time into it. My mouldy anchor this week is going to be George Hewitt. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a look at what he's done this year. And there's only been, I think, one game where he's been below uh, 25 disposals. So he has one poor game. It wasn't even a poor game. It was 22 disposals, I think. So George Hewitt had a really good year. And what do I always say? The trend is your friend. Bradley Close, he's kicked the goal in his last seven games, Bradley Close. So, and to be an anytime goal scorer, $1.74 doesn't sound like a lot of value, but it is when you consider he's done it every week for the last with a multi as seven well. weeks. All I've taken from this segment is you think Sam Walsh is going to get 40, 45 touches. I wonder what that's paying. Well, if they allow him to go up, yeah. yeah well, there you go. Uh, Fremantle and Sydney. Fremantle coming into this one as favourites, understandably, seeing as they are at home. But Sydney... <coughs> Could give this one a bit of a crack, couldn't they? Yeah, Fremantle looked really good last week, though. Yeah, they did look good. Side. Sydney have uh, mixed their form. Um, Do we think Fremantle a chance for the flag? Uh, I think they're in the mix. They're definitely. It's wide they're... open at the moment. Like yeah. Melbourne are faltering. Fremantle, that was as good a second half as I've seen. It was complete last week against St Kilda. They dominated them and having Nat Fife 
in there, uh, kicking three goals is massive, and yeah. he'll only get better. And then you can throw him into the midfield. But for me, in a betting sense this week, um, I still think Fremantle should be good enough to win the game. But Isaac Heaney, or as we speak about in here, Isaac Cleaney, <laughs> these are his last four weeks, and he still represents value at two-plus goals. Four, three, two, and four. Now, Fremantle got some really good tall defenders. Do they have someone to go with Isaac Heaney? I'm not really sure, but I think I'm going to find out because I'm going to back him for two and I'm going to back him for three goals. Who <laughs> are the big ball winners, though, at Fremantle? Oh, well, the, the obvious one's Brayshaw. He continues to really just... Uh, is, is he now the Brownlow favourite? Yes. Yes, in, yep. in your eyes, yep. Brownie. He got three last week. So, uh, Will Brody, Caleb Strong, Jordan Clark. Then when you throw uh, Nat, Nat Fife in there, a guy that's finding form, fitness, you can throw him in there. But they've had nine votes in the last five weeks. The Brisbane, Hawthorne and also the St Kilda game. There you go. Three votes. Uh, so, so their ability to win the ball, but they, they, their efficiency from when they... I don't know the exact numbers, but I'd say that their scores from stoppages... That's where they tend to get on top of games, just in a, in a 10 to 15 minute um, spurt, which we see, for, but the good teams just have this ability, which they are, which I'm alluding to, the Freo, turn it on for 10, 15 minutes from stoppages, get stoppage dominance with the names we just saw, but then they just hit the scoreboard and then they kick three or four goals in the space of 15 minutes and the game's over. Good teams then hold on to that lead and it's hard to come back from that against good teams. So they've got the ability to do that and all they need is 10, 15 minutes to separate themselves from the opposition each week. And they've got and the they've players... And such good defensive... Yeah. If you, want to anchor, if you want to anchor your multi, it has to be Andrew Brayshaw. 20 games in a row at 25-plus. Is there value there for him, though? Well, it's only short. He's $1.29, so it's 30% basically yeah. or 29%. So it's not a bad one. It's under $1.50, but you've done it... 20 times in a row. You expect him to do it again. The only outlier there is Ryan Clark's been doing a tagging job, went to Bailey Dale, went to Jack Sinclair. He's been taking yeah. the half-backers. But Mills has done a bit of a, a When I look run. at Fremantle, do they have the half-back flankers that you're going to tag like those other players? Probably not. Yeah. Um, I'd think maybe. But the thing is, Brayshaw's actually been tagged and tried to be tagged in the past, and he's fought his way through it. There's times when he's they've gone through it. Uh, I can't think of the West Coast game where they dropped it at half time, but it's, it's almost like he's not untaggable as such, but yeah. he's willing to work through a tag and still have an impact on the game. He's, I think, better than most at the minute. Win yeah. his own ball. How good is it when they drop the tag at half time? <laughs> you feel good about yeah. it, too. <laughs> or you get someone else coming to you yeah. trying to tag you. Well, like, I remember I played West Coast. Oh, here we go. There's a story ago. behind this. Drew Banfield was tagging me. I was struggling to get away. Tagging? You played a forward, mate. You got tagged every week. Yeah, midfield, half forward. It's just, yeah, I'm not like a halfback flanker. I couldn't just roll around on my own. No. And he got injured. And then so they replaced him with um, David Warapunda, who he loved the ski rope, David. <laughs> I loved playing with him. It was great. Good old days, George. Hey? How many did you kick? Um, oh, I think it was about four in the second half. Oh, God, you're so happy with yourself. That's a band who had the best of you there. Yeah. <laughs> well, Hawthorne and West Coast, a couple of sides not making finals here. Did I hear that you think West Coast could win this game? Is that you who said that? No. Somebody thinks that West Coast could yeah, win this game. It wasn't me, it wasn't him. So. Oh, no, 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 sorry, yes, West Coast yes. at value. Yes, at, at, at the time I checked, it was four-odd dollars, so they could win, but the value is, I think, Hawthorne are in, inconsistent as anyone. We saw them last week, yes. 495 they are. 495 now, there you go. So uh, they, but the difference between their best and the worst is a huge gap. For Hawthorne. And, yeah, for Hawthorne. So they're, they're heavy favourites. I understand performance of West Coast last time the MCG was really strong. I forget who it was. Uh, Richmond? 
yeah, Richmond ended up losing by 25, 30 points, but they were with Richmond up until, you know, deep uh, halfway through the last quarter, and they kicked away. But So their form, the MCG, is better. They're a building team. They've got more experience back. They're getting towards the pointy end of the year. And remember, the, the players that have come in haven't played a lot, but they're getting to a point at the end of the season when everyone else gets tired, they're actually finding match fitness and form. Mm. So they're a dangerous team. So I think at $4.95, I think it's really good value against a team that's... frustrating to be a coach. Zero score in the first quarter, zero score in the last quarter, seven goals, two in the second quarter. You'd be tearing your hair out of you, coach. <laughs> yeah. Let's Maybe talk about one of those rare humans, Mitch Lewis, who's got two first names and two last names at the same time. <laughs> but at the MCG, he's been outstanding this year. And, and it's, I haven't even got the five goals he kicked in the first half last week at Marvel. So he's the go-to at the moment. He's, a, he's going to be a wonderful player when he gets fit up. He's going to get even bigger. His craft is going to improve. So expect him to be kicking goals. And then my multi-anchor in this one is... Uh, James Sicily, every game this every year. Game. He's had 20 plus disposals, takes the kickouts, or if Hardwick takes the kickouts, kicks it to James in the pocket. So they load up the Hawthorne defenders. I think Hardwick had 20 odd, 29 yeah, last, 30 week. last week. Or yeah. you've given us three multi anchors all in this segment. So yeah. just multi all the multi anchors up together. Sunday games on the other side of this, and don't forget the $100 play. We can see where BJ's at. Hello and welcome back to In the Back Pocket. Nathan Brown, Brendan Goddard and Georgie Parker here, obviously. You can't buy your own, we were just talking in the break, can't buy your own ski gear, but you're paying someone to put your chains on your car for you. Well, there's 11 centimetres of snow on Tuesday night and then you get halfway up the mountain and it says put the, uh, the snow chains on here. You ever had to put snow chains on a car? No, but you, it's said, not a, you said, you said, I swear about a month ago you said you could do it. Well, you said you would do it. There was a sign. And then you paid someone. They got Snow you. chains fit over 30 bucks. It was the best 30 bucks I ever spent. I said to Christina, my wife, I said, this doesn't make me any less of a man that I'm paying another man to put the snow chains on. It would have taken me 45 minutes. It took this guy three or three. four minutes. All right, well, let's get into what you do know how to do, and that is Punt, Melbourne and Port Adelaide. Talk to us through this game. Port Adelaide, Port Adelaide are playing good footy. It's a danger, it is a danger game for Melbourne. It's in um, it's in the Northern Territory. And it's an important so, game for Port. Uh, the total points in this game, most of the time when you play up there at a night game, it's low scoring because it's so dewy and wet. Yeah. And I'm looking at the total points. It's around 155, and I just think it's over. I think in the in it's winter, all right? So it's going to be 21, 22, 23. Check the, check the weather. So uh, it's perfect conditions. Mm. It's not going to be sweaty. It's not going to be dewy. So for me, total points over in this game. What about yeah. Christian Petrarca? He's kicking a few goals. Well, he's, uh, they've got their forward woes at the minute. It's one part of the Melbourne game that's really let them down in the last, say, a month to, to five to six weeks. So Christian Petrarca probably... I haven't watched a lot of their footy to, to, to think or see that he's actually spending more time just as a forward, but he's hitting the Little scoreboard. Pieces, yeah, but because he still kicked a few from the midfield. Yeah. So I still think I think he should spend more time there because they're actually struggling. Their mm. their form of their forward line is 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 a weakness of their game at the minute. So uh, he's a guy that needs to hit the scoreboard because they've got no one else. So if he spends more time forward, which I think he has been, that uh, even for two plus goals this week. Melbourne should win. Melbourne, they should win. It's just a hard game to punt when it's not down here. Without Oliver, first time Simon Goodwin's coached Melbourne without Clay. Is it really? Yes. That's good a good stat. So see how they go. I'm going to who steps up, that. There could be some value on who then comes into a bit of James Jordan to throw it out there, just thought of it on the spot. But um, he's found a bit of form and footy, but someone just stepping into his yeah. role. You'd think playing. Viney will get a fair bit of the footy as yep. well. He's in good form at the moment. Mm. Unbelievable well. form. Uh, Essendon and Gold Coast, and, well, you've jumped out of play and you're jumping off of these guys as well. 
jumping off the bombers. Jumping off the bombers this week. Three of the last four we, they have. Yeah, did you like that? Was so when were you ever on the bombers? I don't understand this. Three, well, I'm not on the bombers. I'm just saying there's a lot of people all of a sudden talking well, about. So you're speaking for everyone else. How good the bombers are going. Okay. Um, I don't speak for anybody. I speak for myself. <laughs> And it won three of the last four. But let's talk about the wins. And the one against Sydney, Sydney should have blown them away. They, have, they, they so much. It, it allowed Essendon to open up the door and they won the game. Sydney should have won that one. And last week, the, uh, the Brisbane Lions had nine, eight, nine players out, laid out, laid out being the key one, um, obviously Harris Andrews. But they should have won that game. Brisbane had... Not, I won't say reserve side in, but it was close to a practice yeah, match team, was, uh, the amount of players yeah. that came in. So I look at that and I think... Essendon, are they happy with themselves coming back here to play a game at home against the Gold Coast Sunside, who are young, they are hungry, they are well coached, they've just come back from 42 points down. They are up and about and they can still play finals. Now, I think something really special is building that football club. You bring King back in next year, players are re-signing, Isaac Rankin saying no to big offers from other clubs, one of them I believe to be the Bombers, and I just think that Gold Coast Suns are the bet of the year. Tuke Miller. Bet bet of the year. At that price. They're $1.90. I don't see why. They are a dollar ninety in Essendon, a dollar ninety-four. This is a segue into his late, later bet. It should be. It should be a dollar fifty. The Gold Coast Suns, with the form they're showing against is the it Bombers, it's down here. Uh, yeah, I mean, if it was a, if it was at Gold Coast, it'd be a dollar fifty. But I don't see it being that much difference. I think they've played good footy everywhere this year, and I think they beat the Bombers. Tuke Miller is one of the most important players in the competition. But Noah Anderson on the outside of him, he he was outstanding, wasn't he? And how cool, calm and collected was he yeah. to live that childhood dream. I was about to say that. Did you ever have a shot, in all seriousness, after a sign? No. Any, any part of your career, not no, AFL? Never. Did yeah. you ever win a game after the siren? Uh, yeah, Jordan McMahon kicked the winner against yeah, Melbourne many years ago. Um, that was the game they got tanking. accused of tanking. Um, <laughs> and I don't know whether they tanked or not, but Paul Johnson was the ruckman. He was playing. They didn't do a good job if you're winning after the siren. I was the playing forward. I was like, <laughs> Still couldn't get a this, this, this doesn't. This. <laughs> yeah, but in all seriousness, like, uh, no, it's it a child, everyone, every, every player's oh, childhood dream. Yeah, and there's very few that get to live it out. And again, I never did. That was the question. At any age, under 10s on, would never kick the goal after trying to win. So plenty in the backyard would have been commentating (laughs) myself. So that was outstanding to watch. But he's form, and he's a bit. He's he's really just blossomed. I think almost quicker than I expected this year. Anderson. Yeah. He kind of had to, didn't he? He had to feel that place of row when he was injured. So he yep. kind of developed the year when we weren't really watching him. Yeah, and this year's his year. He's number two draft pick. Yeah, and super consistent players, yeah. what I've been more impressive with. Um, so he's having great years, so look to him. There's still Caldwell a bit of... do the tagging job on of, Miller? Sorry? Caldwell do the tagging job again and go to Miller? Or Went to Neil last week. I think Anderson, when he's got or he's given time and space, is more damaging than yeah. Tuke. Don't get me wrong, Tuke's a great Tuke player. wins such contested ball. Yeah, so that's hard to... He was to, so important in that last five minutes last It's kind of hard to nullify. He still win contested ball, I think, even if you're being he, tagged. Exactly. So, um, but look, for Noah Anderson, uh, there's still a bit of value around 2025 plus. And another man that I was worried about with my best with mate Kitty when I saw the laid outs last week was two-metre Peter. So yeah. when you throw it, <laughs> Harris Andrews, and then you've got Adams, uh, respectfully, Jack Payne down there, uh, a couple others that two-metre Peter had a day out last mm, week against Brisbane. But he's been in some really good form, had a quiet patch uh, probably about six weeks ago. Uh, but his last four weeks have been outstanding. So look for two-metre Peter to hit the scoreboard again. You should have used him for your bet with mates Kitty last oh. week. But 
What are you using? Are you using him? What are you using? Well, I know I said Kitty. Gold Coast is the bet of the year, so I am happy to entertain the bet we made to Kitty that he has now lost five of the seven times he's done it. It's extraordinary. We haven't lost it, I but it, we continue to reloading. I, 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 I appreciate that sports bet, it, it, but when when I back a dollar twenty-two win in Brisbane, and then a I day do. later there's seven. Eight force yeah. changes. Mm. You should have. Been I can't come back on the show or put out my own little Instagram post. Go, hey, you guys, better should have been allowed change. to change that last. Yeah. That was stiff internally. Oh, but that's right. Show so, us what we got. So, um, as you know, I like to get twenty percent on the money when Always. I do this, and you pass it over to Brendan and he stuffs it up. <laughs> but a dollar twenty in this game is Gold Coast with a twenty-four and a half point head start. So yeah. Essendon, if they win by more than twenty-five, I lose. You lose. But we if, lose. So yeah, please lose. Gold Coast can't be beaten by more than 24 and a half or 25, as it would stand. And it's a dollar twenty, is it? Yep. Yep. Well, there we go. That's our bet with mates, Kitty. Let's have a look at our $100 play we've been doing throughout the season. So let's look at a recap from 17. And it's gone down a little bit considering mm -hmm. uh, Dan mm -hmm. put on $100 on Gresham for me which was yeah, nice, but nobody got any wins last week. BJ, yeah. you're working your way out of the red. Yeah. Um, that was my Hail Mary again, which uh, wasn't as good as last week. Oh, oh. Only missing one, so. But let's okay. find some winners this week. <laughs> let's find some winners this week. Brownie, show us your $100 Well, play. I started off the year in sparkling form and I was just having one bet. So I've only got the one bet. It is St Kilda to have a 12 and a half point head start. And as I said, the better the year of the Gold Coast Sun. So I'm having all 100 on that at $3.23. That's putting your money where your mouth oh. is. I like it. BJ, $100 uh, play. So I've got uh, three bets. So the first one's Richmond. I said North Melbourne, there's going to be a response. I still think Richmond should win. So I'll take I Richmond. It's going to be by left. Four goals or less. Yes, in between one to 24 good. points. Very good maths there, Georgie. Thank you. So I th still think I've got a pretty good price at $4.50. Uh, $25 on, found a bit of value with uh, Dunkley and Brad Hill, yep. which we highlighted early in the show. Yep. Uh, pretty good price for two of those guys for 25 plus. And then here's my little bit of a smaller Hail Mary, but $50 on Ed Langdon. Yep. He's paying $6 by himself to get 30 plus. No, and it's in 25 plus. for a man you just said to probably gets tagged, so you've got... No, I didn't. No, you said yeah, you, you said if they were, if they were take, to. I don't think so. You're going to send him to Anderson, but you got him in your bet. No, I said I would. Okay. That was your idea okay. that he'd get tagged. Doesn't Fair mean enough. that he will. But, uh, and Nick Martin for 20 him. plus, who's Just been a super consistent player. I know Dacos has arguably taken over his favourite as a rising star, but Nick Martin, yes, I might be, you might see me as biased being an Essendon man, but Nick Martin should be in the conversation of being the rising star I, this I'm year. I'm still fascinated that you're not a St Kilda man, but you're an Essendon man. Well, I, my, my ties, personal ties now are with more of the Essendon people. Right. So, clearly so love the, both not, clubs. No, no Rui, Joey, Dell. I see them on a regular basis. Lenny, but who's still at St Ross. Kilda that, I, I played with two of the players. Time's changed, Brownie. We're getting old now. <laughs> We're 37. So the club itself has changed. I love the boys and love the club, but I'm still personally like connected to Essendon because of the Cozzy. players and the current players. All right, let's go to my $100 play before yeah, you start don't, quizzing yeah, him yeah, about, about George allegiance. $100 play, I've gone $50 at Richmond at the line. They'll respond. They're a good side. They know their finals are on the line. $25 on Gold Coast and Essendon try bet. So either team by less than 15 points. I do. I think that Gold Coast will get the win, but I don't Ooh. think they'll win by more than that. Essendon being. Why don't you take a one to 15 then? <laughs> Because just in case they get in, just you're being case. a troll today, and I need you to be quiet. 
and $25 on Saints for the straight head-to-head -head win. I think they'll get the job done there. And they're George. the outsider, so some good value there. Um, I feel as though after this show, I always should say gamble responsibly after listening to BJ's bets. So make sure you do enjoy the footy this weekend. But more importantly, gamble responsibly. You know the score. Stay in control. Gamble responsibly.